Evening, everybody. It's the United Pubcast. And um, I honestly can't be bothered doing this video. <laughs> Is that the most under-enthusiastic intro you've ever heard to one of our videos, Tom? I don't know if that's because you're host or because of the situation we find ourselves in. It has to be the situation. Look, Monday mornings, 3.30 a.m. kickoffs. We're too used to it as fans here in Sydney, and we said we're not going to do it. I said last night, I said, okay, no, I won't do it. I'm going to watch 24-minute highlight package on Optus before I go to, to work. Ten minutes before I went to bed last night, I said, no, I can see United winning. I'll set the alarm. I'll get up. So I was up at 3.25 a.m. to watch it. And it just, it, it ruins your week. It, it ruins your Monday, first of all. Then it ruins your week. And then you realize there's no end in sight in this, Larry. So it's going to ruin me month. It's going to ruin the rest of the year. And ultimately, I don't see how it changes. Well, I do see how it changes, but that's simply not going to happen. My God, doesn't it ruin it? Yeah, it's not good. Uh, but if you are here, thank you. And uh, if you are new, make sure you do hit that subscribe button and hit that like button because me and Tom are going to do our absolute best to get through what was an absolute shit show. But we're going to give you some entertainment, hopefully, to break it down. But uh, before we continue, I will bring it back into the comments. And we start with Josh. Evening, lads. You may as well just recycle your Monday podcast because it's the same crap every week with United. Uh, match that summed the golfing class. Sad to see the state of our club. Um, we got Rob in the comments, as always, from It's a Football Thing. What a shit show. Indeed, Rob. Indeed. Uh, Dion, uh, this result has been coming for a few weeks, really. Quite pathetic. You're not wrong, Dion, and we'll definitely get into that. Um, but, yeah, the the level of performance over, well, I mean, all season, really, has been suggesting that this sort of performance wasn't going to be a surprise. Got Adam in the comments. Uh, let it all hang out today, boys. Fire up. Well, who are you going to blame today, Adam? Going to blame Ronaldo because he didn't play. Just going to let you know that from the start. Uh, Josh again. Uh, poor De Gea. He's running out of elaborate ways to tweet. We go again. You know what, Tom? Before I continue with the comments, I thought De Gea's tweet today was brilliant. I thought that was the way to handle it. If you are going to tweet after a loss, I thought what De Gea did was spot on. He didn't say we go again. We pick ourselves up. He said we need to get this club back to where it needs to be and one day we will. And he acknowledges it's simply not good enough. To be honest, I didn't read the whole tweet. When I saw the photo and he, he said something, I said, oh, God, that's something for his PR team. I didn't really read it. So I thought it was going to be something along the lines of here we go, sort of go again, we'll bounce back next week. Quite frankly, though, as much as I love to hay and he's not to blame at all, in my opinion, for anything, I couldn't care less what he says at the moment. Poor De Gea. Can't save Tom, but he tries to save the goals. Uh, got Sam in the comments. How are you, mate? We've got evening lads. I'm starting to think the small businesses I work for has more sense of direction than the biggest club in the world. Sam, you're not wrong, my friends. Uh, we just we went into that uh, in great detail with Jay Moddy on Friday. So if you are, uh, if you haven't had the chance to watch that video, I highly recommend you go listen to that. Uh, got Troy in the comments. Couldn't bring myself to watch it today. Sad state of affairs. It's going to be a long few years ahead, lads. Strap in. I'm not sure I agree with you, Troy, but I'm sure that will come up in discussion. Uh, Indica H, uh, United is ruining my Mondays. I'm sorry to hear that, Indica, but we're here to hopefully lift your spirits a little bit. Uh, it's good to see a new name in here, by the way, so welcome. Uh, got Rob again. Um, we are becoming banter FC. Fergie must be horrified watching this crap. Um, and we've got Mike. Evening, lads. Tom, stop getting up at 3 a.m. to watch this side before going to work. This side does not deserve much commitment from you. And sorry, I did stir up Adam, so I have to bring this up. You are taking the piss. He made some excuse not to play. That was Cavani. Ronaldo was injured. 
He can't play. He can't play Ronaldo for being injured there. Like Cavani said, Cavani confirmed himself he's not fit. Ralph Rangnick said he's available for selection. Cavani said doesn't feel quite right. The medical department obviously came out and told Ralph Rangnick that Ronaldo is not fit. So, look, that's the thing. He, he will get blamed for this, unfortunately. But Bruno was just as bad today, and Bruno was on the pitch. So, um, all at it today. All right, Tom, talk to me about the starting 11. Like we said, Ronaldo and Cavani weren't available. Luke Shaw, a late admission as well. Rafael Varane. So if you're looking at it, United were quite depleted than what we normally would be. Uh, but nonetheless, I don't think it would have changed the result too much. What did you make of the starting 11 before we actually get into the performance? Were you happy with it? Uh, particularly, let me ask you specifically, Bruno Fernandes lines up as the number nine. Did he play there or not? I guess is up for debate. I'll say no. Uh, and Rashford stays on the bench. What, what did you think of that? There's so many different factors to this start in 11. First of all, in regards to the difference between Manchester City, it's scary in terms of the, how much money we've spent over the years and we suddenly have a, what's Ronaldo, 37-year-old striker. I think Cavani's, what, 33, 34, maybe even older than that. We're relying on those those two strikers. Suddenly, they're not available. Mason Green was obviously not available. Martial's on loan. Rashford's in horrible form and on the bench and we're playing two central midfielders up front away at the Etihad. And that is the sad sign of the times. What other club would go and play two central midfielders up front in pretty much their biggest game of the season in a system we just haven't played this season. It was pretty much a 4-4-2. So the start in 11, however, the way he approached it with that start in 11, I could understand it. We did press high and you can't sort of sit back and counter-attack with Pogba and Bruno Fernandes up front. So in terms of the way we approached it with that system, I thought, okay, fair enough. And ultimately Manchester City are just the better team. They're going to beat you most times more often than not. So... I wasn't happy with it. As bad as Rashford has been, and Rashford doesn't deserve to be on the pitch, I would have been playing Marcus Rashford through the middle today. I think he simply had to, just in regards to balance, have Sancho on the left, Alanga on the right, and Marcus Rashford through the middle. I think playing Paul Pogba and Bruno Fernandes there, Gary Neville alludes to it in regards to... It just came off... I didn't really feel this at the time, but possibly maybe Gary Neville has a different feeling. He was saying that it was almost Ralph Frank trying to overthink it a little bit and not show off, but kind of show off. So here, here I am, the tactician. Watch this. And ultimately, the first half, look, as bad as it was, we've got to get, get into this and say it's one of the sort of worst performances we've ever seen. The first half probably wasn't that bad. I thought it was decent enough. In terms of Man City are going to win most games. So, that, okay, Man City are the better team. They're going to play better football than us. But ultimately, because Kasha mind back to the first time we played them 2-0 at Old Trafford, when we simply did not touch the ball, let alone sort of venture into their half. Here we are, Jaden Sancho scored a good goal from Paul Pogba's assist. But then it was downhill. Um, here we are again, 45 minutes is all Man United have in the tank, unfortunately. You're criticizing Ralph Rennick's formation, and I understand Gary Neville's sentiments as well. But like you said, United, for the opening half hour, I, I know we obviously concede a sloppy goal, which we will get into. I thought United, for most of the first half, were competitive. Not brilliant, but we're the, we're the inferior side, as we have clearly acknowledged. So given that, could you make the argument that Ralph Rennick actually tactically did get it right. Maybe it's just the players are the ones who fell short of that. Because I would, because if you look at the 90 minutes in, upon reflection, I'm not looking at it saying we got tactically outdone today. I'm looking no, back saying the players weren't good enough. We'll look back even further. Solskjaer with worse players found a system that did get the job done. Ralph Rennie did get a system which maybe you could play a little bit. He played good football and you could see what he was thinking, but ultimately it didn't work. Solskjaer, as bad as it got at times, found a system that worked against Pep Guardiola. Granite, granite. Um, all right, well, let's talk about the actual game. Um, Kevin Zabronia scores nice and early. 
Lindelof pulled out of position, Wambasaka, and I've got to say, Manchester City targeted Wambasaka. No two ways about it. He absolutely did. Uh, so, and by the way, if you are getting your comments in, we will get there. So just keep them coming in. Uh, we will make sure we we bring you in. Uh, but Tom, you can see Manchester City. They targeted Wambasaka. Ralph Rannick probably thought Sterling will start and maybe started the Englishman for that reason. But Pep Guardiola, step ahead. He starts Jack Grealish, who's been sat on the bench for the best part of six weeks. He starts this game. He plays really well. They run a lot of traffic towards Wambasaka's edge. And for the first goal, Wambasaka pulled out of position. Lindelof pulled out of position. Not for the first time this season. Yeah, it's, and, it's, and not in, Lindelof um, and, it's not on Lindelof and Wambasaka that goal. That first goal is on Scott McTominay. He doesn't track Bernardo Silva. That, that's, what, that's where the danger stems from. He doesn't track Bernardo Silva. He finds the pocket. And then then Wambasak gets brought out of position. Then Lindelof gets dragged out of position. Then you, everyone's blaming Maguire. Why is Maguire not blame, um, marking Kevin De Bruyne? Ultimately, and look, here I am. I love Scott McTominay. He didn't follow Bernardo Silva. And ultimately, in the preview, we said you have to stop him. And five minutes in not to track a runner, it was poor. And you do have to call him out. Both McTominay and Fred, at, look, it's an impossible task as a two-man midfield playing away at the Etihad. Impossible. I understand it's very hard. But the first five minutes... Don't get caught on the wrong side of your number 10. Ultimately, they did, and that's where the first goal stemmed from, in my opinion. I agree with you, but do you We should do better after. But United capitulate too quickly, and this has been my issue all season. Why do we seem to have a compound of errors by every single player? Because this is what you have a defence for, is it not? The defence is there for when the midfield gets bypassed. Why does our defence fall apart every time a midfielder makes a mistake? Why are we incapable of keeping goals away from the net? No, 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 that's, ultimately, that that's ultimately where we sit here and we blame individuals. Here I am. I think the, the issue stemmed from Scott McTominay. But then as a team, yes, the team need to react better. And that's the case for every single goal we've conceded this year and every single goal that every opposition concedes. That's part of football. It is a team game, but ultimately individuals make up the team. And you can say, okay, we're not a close enough unit as a team in regards to structure and tactics and everything. But also at the end of the day, we have this debate every week that the individuals aren't good enough. And until the individuals get good enough, ultimately the team will be failing because Manchester City have great individuals that work as a team. Liverpool have great individuals that work as a team. Unfortunately, our individuals aren't great and they don't work as a team. So ultimately, when that's the case, you're going to see results like this. Granted, um, look, we'll, we'll skim over the goals because, uh, you know, it's 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 depressing running through. And then I'm going to bring it back to the comments and we'll get into the really enjoyable task of 3-2-1s. But, uh, Tom, take me through. Look, Jadon Sancho's goal. Let's focus on the positives. What a ball by Paul Pogba, by the way. Absolutely brilliant, breathtaking ball. And Jadon Sancho, great finish. Poor Pogba, yeah, that's exactly what you want. But then ultimately, does he do enough? And again, I'm not blaming him at all for the in terms of the way the game went, but ultimately that is what you're going to get with Paul Pogba. You're going to get that moment where as soon as he played that pass, you think, hang on, get him on a new contract. Then ultimately, the longer the game goes, you go, oh, hang on, yeah, that is the Paul Pogba we've seen for six years. So the great ball, great finish by Jaden Sancho. You did think a moment like that maybe could change the tyres. Obviously, it was a very good goal, to be fair to him, to beat a goalkeeper like Edison. But ultimately, that was... Or you could really smile about it. And I didn't really smile too much because that was what we conceded five minutes later. So ultimately, good goal by Sancho, good ball by Pogba. But if that's all we have to sort of ride home about um, away at the Etihad, um, it's going to be a long afternoon, and it definitely was. Let's talk about uh, Manchester City's second goal. Absolute shambles. Just And this is where you get frustrated. This wasn't being tactically brilliant. This was simply desire, the second goal. 
How many shots or attempted shots did they have before Kevin De Bruyne knocks it in while De Gea, David De Gea is floored? Just a joke. I can't even remember the goal. I just remember the ball bounced off every single person and not a single United player got rid of it. Alex Tellez with a pathetic clearance. Well, that's where it stems as well. In terms of, yes, we can pinpoint all these little individual things. I've seen people having a go at Maguire in terms of letting the ball go through. At, on the TV angle, yes, it does look like you could deal with it at ground level. He can't deal with that. Hits De Gea, comes back at him. He tries to get his foot you out of the way. You've got nutmegs so. more than once, though. You, you're taught as a defender. You've you got to keep yeah, your but, legs but, but that, together. But that specific incident bounces off De Gea. <laughs> he can't do anything about that. If if you think he can, okay, you're very critical. I don't think he can. At ground, at ground level, that the game moves a lot quicker than what you do see on TV. But ultimately, again, I talk about Scott McTominay in the role for the first goal. I put the first, the second goal down to Anthony Alanga. One of the most stupidest passes I've ever seen in football. Stupid pass. Gives the ball away in our in our back pocket. And ultimately then I think Victor Lindelof gets done by Phil Foden. Thank God that wasn't Harry Maguire or Eric Bay. The criticism we would have been given him. I thought that was woeful defending against Phil Foden there. Then ultimately, I think De Gea makes a decent save. From memory, I'll try not to watch the replays. Harry Maguire doesn't deal with it. Again, look, everyone will criticize him. So I'll criticize him. He has to do better. I, I think if Nemanja Vidic or Rio Ferdinand bounces back, he'd envisage that goes out for corner. Ultimately, Harry Maguire doesn't react quick enough. I think his hands are a little bit tired there. But, yeah, we just don't deal with it. Tellez is – that was one of the goals where there was a photo from behind the goal. Harry Maguire's there, hands on like this. David De Gea's lying down. Tellez is lying down. Juan Bissaka's halfway through tearing his ACL again. It was just a comedy of errors. It was shocking. Before we continue with the goals, I will bring it back to the comments a little bit, see what you guys think. And the comments are absolutely flying today. So, cheers for getting involved. Uh, but we will bring it back. Um, we've got – George in the comments, thanks for joining us, mate. Uh, evening, lads. It's getting hard to get behind this bunch. Free jerseys for nine years of crap. Oh, man, you're not you're not wrong. Um, got Adam uh, around. Uh, Ronaldo, you were taking the piss. He made some excuses not to play. That was from the start. That was from the start of the podcast. Uh, it was too. My apologies. Uh, the whole team was asleep till the first goal. Never seen a derby like it. Yeah, not wrong. Um, I mean... You could argue what was worse, the Old Trafford game earlier this season or this one. Take your pick. Uh, George, evening, guys. Rough morning once again. Absolutely. Uh, Dion, Ronaldo's sister seems to disagree. You'll have to elaborate on that one. I'm not too sure what you're referring to there. Uh, ugly in the comments. Again, uh, hey, all right, guys. How you doing, mate? Uh, Vin, condolences, gentlemen. Death of the club. Look, Vin, I'm not going to go that far, uh, but it felt like it. Uh, we're a pub team playing with a false nine, says Josh, a pub team after nine points. I think a drunk team would play with more desire, Josh. When you're drunk, you get angered, fired up. Didn't see any of that today. Uh, Adam, I will not blame Ronaldo. Luke Shaw was in a PlayStation competition. Is there something about that? I, I don't know anything. Was he in a PlayStation competition? I haven't seen the Luke Shaw situation. Was he on the bench? I'm not sure. No, he wasn't. He wasn't on the bench. Okay. Um, Ronaldo no, apparently went to Portugal. Surely this gets cold out. Same treatment as Pogba. What do you make of this one, Tom? Because if that's true, I have to admit, I think that's quite poor. I think we called out Pogba in regards to an eye to the future and what we want to see. I don't, we never called out players before they, when a player went away, when a player went to Germany or when even I remember Roy Keane, Paul Scholes, Ryan Giggs, whenever they got injured, that they went away. We never called it out then, but because Ralph Rank came out and said he wants players to stay back at Carrington during their rehab. We like that idea. And then we, Paul Pogba, I think, was away at the time. So he's... Did we ever really call Pogba, Paul Pogba out about it? I think it was just a case of would prefer it. Um, 
Ronaldo. Yes, I would like to see him stay over at Carrington, but ultimately, um, if there's one player who can get away, and we do need to treat the players the same, I understand that. But Ronaldo has been running to the ground a 37 year old. We're killing him for getting injured and having a week off. I think we need to move on a little bit. But look, yeah, again, yeah. Um, a lot of people won't agree with that. Yeah, well, you are the nicest bloke in the world, Tom. Not all of us are like you. Uh, we've got George. Uh, in what world does Maguire think it's a good idea to dummy the ball in his own six-yard box when the ball is rolling towards the best player in the league over the last decade? Valid point. Uh, Indica, can we get the under-23s with Elenga, De Gea and Sancho, sell the rest of them? You know what? I know that sentiment is often thrown out there, just play the kids. I'm almost at a point, Tom, where I'm thinking the kids can't be much worse. We say that, and yes, I agree. Ultimately, they would. <laughs> in regards to quality, unfortunately, um, they would be. Are you yeah, telling me there is not a midfielder in the under-18s or the under-23s with more technical ability or more yeah. football intelligence than McTominay and Fred? Surely, yeah, there has to be. Yeah, of course you can have technical ability. <laughs> technical ability, that's not going to win you win your football matches in the Premier League. You need a little bit more than that. And yes, I do share the sentiment when we see frustrations like games like this. I say, yes, play the kids. I'm with everyone with like that. Ultimately, that's not going to work. You do need um, experienced professionals if you're going to sort of go away to the Etihad and get a performance. Unfortunately, our experienced professionals. Jesus. Can someone just can someone in the comments just check for Larry's pants if there's a bit of bit of an accident? I think I just shat my pants. That was fuck. Did you hear that? That lightning. They just scored four goals. That was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw anyway. the flash be behind your ear. I saw the flash and I thought, oh, someone Mate, took a photo was, of you or that something. That was right outside my house. I feel like that. I reckon my car's going to be on fire when I go outside later and check that. Josh, I hope you live past forty. Uh, we will continue, lads. There's a lot of comments, so we will need to get on with the show. But I will, uh, I will bring it back. But uh, come on, this last one from George. The players are way off the pace under Ralph compared to when Ollie was running the show. Tom, that's a really interesting comment. Before we continue on with talking about and dissecting the game, what have you made of this argument recently that Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer perhaps shouldn't have been sacked? That the level of performance under Ralph Rennick doesn't quite suggest that sacking the Norwegian gave us what we wanted. At the end of the end, look, no one defended Ole Gunnar Solskjaer more than me. He needed to go, 100%. He needed to go. However, back at the time, think back to what I was saying, a lot of us were saying he wasn't the problem. Yes, he needed to go, but he was not the problem. He had nothing to do with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Yes, he could be better and you get this performance, et cetera, but the issues that were facing the club, nothing to do with the manager. The next manager is going to come in and fail, whether that be Ten Hag, Pochettino, whoever, will fail. We know that. Unless there's change above him, ultimately we're going to run into the same problems. Should have been look, you know, ultimately, yes, he should have been sat because the re- performances weren't acceptable and the results weren't acceptable. We're losing away to Watford 4 1. We lost to Liverpool 5 0. It was a worse performance at Old Trafford against Manchester City than this one was. I know this one feels worse, but go back to that Old Trafford match here and another lightning strike comes. Yeah, for sure. Do you see the flash? <laughs> no, I saw the flash, but um, look, he, he needed to go, but ultimately, yes, it wasn't his fault. Um, it was just one of those ones. Until things change upstairs, we're going to be having the same debate when we're asking for Ten Hags or Pochettino's head this time next year. Yeah, it's um, it, it's pretty awful. Uh, got an in, uh, a comment here from the, the football capital. Um, this team is shameless. Sir Alex won't see this club win another league. They're bringing down everything he built. Look, man, I, I don't I don't want to think about Sir Alex passing away or anything like that. I know you don't. I know you don't mean anything bad in that message. But um, bring up that image, you know, I'll just bring this image up you had a little bit before in regards to when yeah. Sir Alex last, um, our last title against um, Australia's 12 13. We've spent the same money. Look at the difference. Yeah. 
That's frightening. That is absolutely frightening. Well, I mean, it is. I mean, 1.2 billion. I mean, we've, we've criticized the Glazers, but I'll make this point to you, Tom, and I've made this point before. Out of that 1.2 billion, what's still at the club? Yeah. That's the issue. Romelu Lukaku, Angel Di Maria, Paul Pogba's about to leave. That's 90 million. Who else have we brought in? Memphis Depay, 30 million. He's gone. Martial, 50 million down the drain. Well, it is 50 million down the drain. He's not playing for the club at the moment. The amount of players who United have signed since Fergie's left are no longer at the football club. Ando Herrera has come and gone. Daily Blinds, like the list goes on and on. And that, Paul, it's just Paul Pogba's going to be walking out the door for free. Sorry? Paul Pogba's going to be walking out the door for free as well after a Again? world record transfer. Again, yeah. And that's the thing. It's just. You look at the money Manchester City spent, a majority of that is still there. Before Pep Guardiola came in, Raheem Sterling, Kevin De Bruyne, um, Vincent Kompany at the time was still at the club, Yaya Torre, David Silva, all these players, world-class ability, okay. had already won Premier Leagues and they were there for him. That's the difference. It's not just about spending money. It's about where the money is spent. Um, but Tom, we will continue on breaking down the game. i got to give a bit of credit to Manchester City here. Riyad Mahrez's uh, goal, the first one, credit where it's due, unbelievable volley, world-class finish. I'm not going to be critical of the defence there. I thought it was a good finish. What, what were your thoughts? Yeah, it's a good finish. And if that's... Look, we had no complaints against um, Villarreal when Bruno Fernandes lofted the ball to Tellez and Tellez hits that volley. We had no complaints. But ultimately, if you concede that goal, you have to look at the defence. Okay, individuals are not going to blame Harry Maguire for not getting out far enough and it taking a deflection. Yeah. That's not an issue. It's just in regards to marking Riyad Mahrez, having someone there to stop that lofted ball. like Because I think they did it once or twice before as well, maybe not from a corner situation or a free kick situation, but sort of everyone was in the box and they looked for a different option. Ultimately, from a set piece, whether it be going forward or defensively, we're just a shambles. I was not surprised. As soon as that ball went in the air, I said, okay, City have seen something here. Two seconds later, it was in the back of the net and you just think, game over. Absolutely. And that brings us to the last goal, Manchester City. Can I just say, United, and we'll get into Roy, uh, Roy Keane's comments. Um, the last goal, the boys in red gave up. Th they weren't fighting anymore. I think it was just a, a free-for-all at that point. To be honest, I didn't see it. As I said, I was leaving for work at 5.30, and I think that it was about 5.20, 5.25, sort of thing. I had to walk out the door, and um, I was just going in the injury time, and I said, oh, look, it's game over. I'm start to walk, walk away. Checked the phone five minutes later, saw it was 4-1. So to be honest with you, sorry for the sort of poor research in regards to this review. I didn't see the last goal, and I'm not going back to watch it. Fair enough. Um, can I just make one point on Harry Maguire? I know I go hard on him, Tom, but I, I can't ignore this fact. Every time he's about to go one-on-one -on -one with a defender, uh, sorry, an attacking player, I don't know if you noticed this, he backs off. He backs off every time. He doesn't look to meet them. He doesn't look to make a tackle. He looks to back off until he's one-on-one -on -one or, or he's hoping David De Gea is saving him. He doesn't have the confidence in himself at the moment to go in there and make a tackle because he's scared he's going to turn into a, a gif like Phil Jones. It's heartless. Well he, well, he wasn't scared to go and sort of make a tackle on Kevin De Bruyne, unfortunately. It was actually a good hit. But, um, yeah, this bit, that's the lack of pace. So any defender will do that. Look at... I remember probably a bit before your time. I remember when Lauren Blanc came to the club. Definitely not putting him in the same category as Lauren Blanc, but he would do something. He would back back off and camp in the back in his own eighteen yard box. That that's what defenders will do with no pace. Ultimately, Harry Maguire is hindered in terms of the way we are playing. That lack of pace is some somewhat exposing him. 
you look at last season, some of his best best performances, and this is not me praising Harry Maguire, people. I'm just saying you look at some of his best performances in a Man United shirt, they have come away at the Etihad. How have we played away at the Etihad? We've sat back and parked the bus. And there's no space in behind where he doesn't have to worry about sort of using pace or his lack of pace in behind. Ultimately, when Man um, Ralph Rangers, we had a bit of a go in that first half and playing that little bit of a higher line, in terms of the way we're playing and the space they were finding in behind Fred McTominay, as soon as Bernardo Silva or De Bruyne gets the ball in that area, one, you're worried about the sp- their pace actually running at you, but also the threat of their through ball in behind you. So ultimately, he's going to be backtracking. And that, look, that's the way he, he's going to play when he plays a high line. Um, if he plays in a team that's going to be sitting a little bit deeper, he doesn't have to worry about that, and that plays into his hands. Now, we shouldn't be parking the bus to play into Harry Maguire's hands if Ralph Rangnick is playing this system and he doesn't suit it, out the door. Ultimately, that's not going to happen, though. Uh, Ralph Rangnick is going to suggest that Harry Maguire is no good and should be sold. What's going to happen? He's going to get a new contract. That is how this club... That, that, that is the solely the issue. That is Because who's the, the next reported player to be on the verge of signing a new contract now is Fred. Now, I'm not saying Fred doesn't deserve a contract or shouldn't be getting it, but ultimately, as fans, it sums it up that um, where Paul Pogba's going to be leaving for free and we're going to be sort of rewarding Fred with a new contract. Oh, don't start me. Don't start me. All right, let's talk about Roy Keane's comments. Um, Tom, that last comment you made really pissed me off. <laughs> I don't want to talk anymore. No, we will, we will continue on with the show. Uh, Roy Keane made comments around unforgivable... Five or six of these players shouldn't be wearing the shirt again. Very damning by the former Manchester United captain. Who do you think he's talking about? And do you think the Irishman has gone overboard here? Or is he justified in everything he says? Look, I don't know. Well, you can have a guess on who he's talking about. Did he go overboard? No. Look, I shared the same feelings um, that players had given up. However, and this is not a defence of the players, because, again, I shared the feelings that they did. However... In a situation like that, away at the Etihad, when you're getting played around like that, it does look like you've given up. And you might be given 100%, but just in terms of the way the game is going and how far away you are from the Manchester City players, it does look like you've given up. When they pop a ball around you and you're 60 metres away from your player, you're not going to make a 60-metre run. So ultimately, it looks like you're not making that run. It looks like you're not trying. Ultimately, City just toyed with you and it makes, makes the team look like they're not trying. In saying that, it did have a feeling that they did give up because ultimately, go and do what Roy Keane said last week. If you're having a bad game or the other team's playing, well, go and kick someone. Now, I'm not saying go and do what, in terms of the way Harry Maguire did, in terms of he's lucky not to get sent off against Kevin De Bruyne, but just go and get tight. Forget the system. Go man for man. Play four up front. Man mark their fullbacks and just do not give someone an inch. Literally, go hold their shirt for the next 10 minutes. Do not let anyone get more, more than touched touch distance away from you and ultimately they didn't do that um they let man city sort of run the show and toy with united personnel he was talking to or talking about um it's hard because you do look in terms of the way the game panned out and it looks like the midfield weren't trying because they're obviously just walking through midfield but ultimately that stems from either side of the midfield in terms of how exposed they were fred and mctominay two players we always sit here and talk about their work rate and effort so it's hard they almost looked like the players who weren't trying but ultimately, I'm not going to accuse them of sort of not trying. Um, I think it was just the way the game sort of played out around them. There are maybe personnel on the fringes of those players who you think um, threw in the towel a little bit, sort of content with losing 3-1, 4-1, and they'll pick up their paycheck. Um, it, it, look, it's a big accusation to throw at players, and we're going to throw that at them when we're frustrated. Ultimately, I did share those feelings, but um, we didn't accuse them of that against Leeds. Now, ultimately, I'm going to accuse them of it here. It's just it's a, it's a hard one. I thought he's ha- harsh. 
but accurate at the same time. The worst thing you can say about Man United is that they gave up. In any game, to give up is unforgivable, really. The beauty of top-level sport is that there's no hiding place. I know United have come here in the past uh, couple years and done well, but we saw all of United's shortcomings today. There's ways to lose football matches. We've lost football matches, uh, but the way United lost today, they stopped running, they gave up. Players not running back, that's what I don't understand. When the game was uh, the over, get... hey? when the game was over and he made that substitution, look, not that anyone should be bringing on Marcus Rashford and Jesse Lingard at the moment, but when you thought that, you thought, okay, not to win the game, but they'll give something. that They'll try and change something. They'll give us a little bit of energy. Not That energy won't be enough to win the game, but we can see something next half hour. It's not going to be embarrassing. Okay, we'll put up a bit of a fight. Now, obviously, Roy Keane, I don't think there's any sort of hiding from it in terms of two players he would have been pointing out. He's obviously Marcus Rashford and Jesse Lingard. He's obviously not fans of either of them, um, rightly or wrongly. And yeah, it's hard, like... I don't know who he was going to bring off the bench anyway. Um, I would have brought Nemanja Matic on for maybe McTominay or Fred. Now, Nemanja Matic is one player. If you start playing around him, he's going to look like he's not trying because he's a bit lethargic compared to other players. So I'm not sure if McTominay, uh, not sure if Matic would have been the right sub, but in my opinion, he probably would have been. Um, but again, you, you look at our start 11 ultimately not being good enough. You're getting outplayed, and the answer is Jesse Lingard and Marcus Rashford. And you think, oh my God, what's happening here? Ultimately, a sad sign of the times. Because did yeah, Man City, did they even have to make a sub? I know they didn't make a sub in the first game. Not sure. Uh, Dion, uh, anyone see this improving next season? Reports will have mixed transfer budget of 80 million. Look, I think that's a lazy article. I, the Glazers, every time we've fallen out of the Champions League, they do invest. And every time there's a new manager, they do invest. If they think there's not a chance United spends just 80 million, surely. Surely, Tom. Uh, you said that would bear... shock you. Keep Fred. He gets a new deal. Fair play. Not sure I agree with that. Um, George, the five players, Keane spoke about Maguire, Fred McTominay, Wambasaka, uh, Lingard. Not too sure about that. I think Keane likes, um, I think Keane likes McTominay. Uh, Josh, I get his frustrations completely. We all feel like that watching our club get violated. Yeah, violated's the right term, mate. Uh, damning stats don't help. Could have been 10-1. You're not wrong. There are 16 of you here. Make sure you do like the video. Tom and us are bringing you the exoneration of Manchester United, so I hope you are all enjoying it. Um, got Jamie in the comments. Hope you're doing well, mate. 80 million needs to be invested properly. If that's the budget, Odegaard Arsenal for 30 million. We can't be doing business like that. What player do you get for less than 30 million nowadays? I mean, there's not many Javier Hernandez is running around nowadays. That's a problem. Um, i got to say, David De Gea made some great saves today, but he gives away possession nine, ten times he has the ball. I agree with you, Sam. I think his distribution is really poor. And I understand the sentiment, goalkeeper's job is to keep the ball out of the net. Yeah, but I think if you want to be a progressive team that plays the ball on the carpet, you need a goalkeeper who can pass the ball. And David De Gea, statistically, and the eye test, he fails. Yeah, but who is giving him the ball and who's giving him the option? So when Harry Maguire plays it to his left foot and the next ball is Aaron Wan-Bissaka on his chest, it's got to look like a bad... And look, that's not to say David De Gea's got great distribution. It's just... There needs to be context. We see a miscompleted passing. Oh, he's got bad distribution. Hang on. Uh, look, he's not Edison. He's not Allison, of course. But ultimately, you do have to look at the team surrounding him. I Sorry, Tom. I don't agree with you there. Um, I would have said Rashford, but I suspect he has some credit in the bank with Keane. Now, uh, not, Marcus Rashford doesn't have credit with anyone at the moment. He's been so poor. And there's some big breaking news on Marcus Rashford. So you want to stay tuned to the end uh, if you want that news. We'll absolutely bring you that. Uh, and if he doesn't give it away, the defense will. Yeah, absolutely. Got Adam in the comments. Uh, how does De Gea distribute when players on the pinch aren't in pockets to receive the ball? Adam's with you. I don't agree. 
I, I take your I take both your points and I agree to an extent. I agree on the point you're making on, on that specific topic, but his overall distribution is poor. You can't deny that. We don't have an option of going long or hitting it into the midfield because the Hayes distribution just simply isn't there. Um, if anyone thought the game would play it different to the game at Old Trafford is delusional. They ran drills at Old Trafford and full training session in first gear today. I don't think they were in first gear, Emad, but they weren't at their best. And like you say, absolutely comfortable for him. Uh, would you be surprised if our net spend was 80 million? Well, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, Dion, but you would think surely we're not going to get into the Europa League and they're thinking we're going to... Uh, it was our CEO. Our CEO said last week... Oh, no, sorry. It was John Murtagh who said last week, I want to be very clear that our intention is not to finish in the top four, but to challenge for top honours. We're not going to challenge for top honours investing 80 million net into this rubbish football team. So I want to make that crystal clear. Uh, the football capital, I don't think 80 million is all we need with all good free agents available that would fit in. That's a good point. Why don't we just sign Mbappe? He's on a free. Then we still got 80 million net in reserve, right? Uh, Tom, we've got the very enjoyable task now of three, two, ones. Now, before I bring up the lovely graphic and I ask the lovely people in the comments to give us their input, can I just suggest that maybe we shouldn't do three, two, ones this week? Because I thought every player was absolute dog shit today and I'm going to struggle to give anyone a pile of crap, let alone a point for anything. It's hard. We try and give it out even in bad sort of displays. The two games we haven't given it this year was um, City at Old Trafford and Liverpool at Old Trafford. I think this does rival it. Now, ultimately, this was a better... It doesn't feel like it was a better performance than that one at Old Trafford. That's not to say we should be given points. I just find it hard. In terms of the way the game played out, I don't think I'd give points to anyone. Just as a collective, they're individuals, but ultimately the team has to take responsibility and the team wasn't good enough. David De Gea, yes, did save it from being... 10, it was 4-1, could have been 10-1. So ultimately, David De Gea is always going to sort of get credit in the bank there. Again, Jaden Sancho, good goal. And I wouldn't sort of blast Jaden Sancho for a bad performance after that. It was just one of those games. What's a winger going to do when your team's under the pump like they were? So credit to Jaden Sancho for the goal. But again, that's all he did. And again, it could have been a match-turning goal, but ultimately it wasn't. So for me, I just it's one of those ones that as a team, I just can't give out points, I don't think, today. What do you guys think in the comments? Do you want to see three, two, ones tonight? Because uh, I'm feeling I'm feeling Tom's mood. I uh, got Rob three for Sancho, two for Pogba, one question mark, and that's the problem, Rob. I don't want to give points to some people and then nothing to nobody. It just that that takes away from the magnificent point system that is the three, two, ones. We, it's an integral, integral, respectful, professional service. The three, two, ones prestigious award and uh we don't want to disrespect anyone three to hey two for sancho one for pogba and again like you the point you made on sancho tom i gotta to say on pogba brilliant pass what do you do outside of that no that's poor pogba's time at man united unfortunately two to sancho uh do you think the performance was players throwing ralfrenic under the bus just like they did with both make these players throw anyone under the bus it doesn't matter who the manager is they're just garbage so whether they want to or not, yeah, the manager will always get thrown under the bus because it's easier to get rid of one guy than it is to get rid of 25. And that's the sad reality. When did Roy Keane call that? Roy Keane called that. It was the Everton 4-0 defeat under Solskjaer. I think yeah. it was. Um, what was that, 2018? Yeah, it would have been. A while yeah. ago. 
Josh, three for the fans, two for the unused subs, one for Scott's media performance. Um, Tom, did you like the photo of Scott McTominay I sent to you? I don't know. I needed a little bit of context there. I assume it's just like putting his hand up and it's just a good little screen grab. He was grab. scratching his nose yeah. and um, then he said, oh, fuck Pep Guardiola, he's ruined my life. And yeah, he just... That's, what, that's one where I'll throw you a quick question and when frustration is high, I share, I sort of stem on the side of where's Harry Maguire, the captain, in terms of Scott McTominay's out there doing media. Now, ultimately, the evidence that we have says that the players don't choose that. The club's PR team would have thrown McTominay out there and said, Maguire, no, that you're hated at the moment. You're going to stay inside. We're not going to throw you out there. Who's someone who the fans can sort of get behind in regards to effort? Okay, let's throw Scott McTominay out there. So here we are saying, okay, where's our captain? Which ultimately I'm saying the same thing. But it's just hard. Maybe maybe that's an issue with the club because I didn't want to see I just caught some water from outside. and Because uh... I did want to see Harry Maguire speak and here's Scott McTominay having to do the sort of speech. But ultimately I could very well see the club forcing Scott McTominay to do it over Harry Maguire because they know what the backlash, and rightly so, but they know the backlash is going to come with Harry Maguire speaking. So I'm screaming, where's our captain? But ultimately, I don't think it's his fault for not having an interview because I think the club have stopped him from doing it. (laughs) Three for Sancho, two to Zahaya, one for the set-piece, coach. We conceded it for set-piece today, George. Zahaya did concede four, and then we got... (laughs) George trying to give De Gea three points. But you know what? It's a valid point. And can you put the fault? Goals go in the back of the net, but goalkeepers can't save everything. And that's the thing. Like, I thought De Gea's saves were good, but overall, yeah, you can't concede four and give out three points, can you? De Gea, five saves in the first half, then more in the second. De Gea, three, two, and one. Mate, trust me, he's winning this competition. If we If we gave points... To everyone else except De Gea for the rest of the season, rest assured he'll he'll win our thirty-two ones. Would you like a points update? Please don't do it. Sancho is in third on twenty-one points. Ronaldo is in second on twenty-two points. Tom, if you say this, no one's going to tune in for three-two ones for the rest of the year. I beg you, just keep it to yourself. De Gea has a slight lead. I'll put it there. <laughs> De Gea right. is top with a slight lead. I'll, I'll leave so- it there. Slight lead, indeed. Um, <laughs> just like United's slight gap to Manchester City. Um, George, uh, he could do nothing about the goals he copped. I mean, that's a fair point, George, but overall, it's not good enough. Um, Ema, they aren't capable of parking a bus, let alone throwing a manager under City are light years ahead of us. You're not wrong, Ema, but you know what? United, like Tom correctly said, in the past, we have gone to the Etihad, parked the bus in a positive way, hit them on the counter-attack. You know what the difference is? Marcus Rashford on the left, Anthony Martial on the right, uh, is up front, Dan James on the right. All three, not nowhere near the club, whether not at the club anymore. You know what I, I could do for a Dan James right now? Doesn't have the ability. I know. What the hell am I saying? I was the first to push him out the door to Leeds. But you know what? We could do with a Dan James right now. On that, on that last point, City of Light is ahead of us, and obviously you watched that and – that's factual. You see, and I think more than that, it's embarrassing. It feels like we're a decade away from potentially getting to that level, even at our prime. Like that's we're talking. I'm not putting them in, in the treble category or the 0708 team, but ultimately, in regards to the football they play, you have to say they're one of the greatest teams to ever play the Premier League. They just play a different brand of football to what we've seen over the last 20 or 30 years. Ultimately, watching that, and yes, we're going to sit here with a bit of banter, and rightly so, because I think this is true. City, City could go win the quadruple for years to come. It won't mean anything. Like they're still, they still will be insignificant. I understand that and I accept that. But ultimately, when I'm watching that, Larry, 
it almost does feel like there is a case to argue that I'm not saying Manchester's blue, but there is a case that we're losing a little bit of red. Like there is a case that they're almost starting to steal Manchester a little bit. And of course, not in a global thing in regards to the fan base. Of course, that will never happen. Even if they are successful, I can't see that happening. But football-wise, it's it's happening. It's simply happening, unfortunately. Tom, you and I have discussed this at length for... We've been going for about three years now. I mean, not, not on YouTube, but we've been going for about three years now. And I've made the point to you before. What Manchester City's success is now, it's not maybe not in our lifetime. Or, you know, if we're lucky and blessed enough to live for another 30 years... I think you'll see in that time, I think there's going to be a much more blues uh, than, than we see now. Because unfortunately, and the reality is that and anyone who doesn't live in England, hell, anyone who doesn't live in Manchester, th- there's a reality to this. We support these football clubs, yes, because they're massive brands and they're the ones that we're exposed to as children. But ultimately, you fall in love with a club as a kid because when you're a kid, you like the team that wins. And the reality is the next young little Joey coming up is going to be watching Manchester City right now. And he's thinking, I like that team. They're the ones I'm going to support. And uh, that's the sad reality. Um, You know what? Sam Potter deserves, look at this. Roy Keane 3, Larry 2, Tom 1. Brilliant. Do you like, I like the fact that I got more points than you. Yeah, I'm a bit disappointed that I only settled for the one point, to be honest. You're a good man, Sam. I'm going to buy you a beer next time I see you. Give the three two ones to City. Param, is that you in the comments? Um, Dion, that's fair, mate, but he still can't get. Oh, got George and Dion having on a, that Man City though. De Bruyne, like we've had this debate with Bruno Fernandez and De Bruyne, but ultimately we've always sort of sided on the fence of Kevin De Bruyne. What a player! Uh, I, I think he's the best in the world. Uh, I think he's the best in the world. I, I put him over Mbappe, Haaland, Neymar, obviously Messi, Ronaldo, different stages of their career. Yeah, he's the best player for me. I don't think that's a I don't think that's a bad argument, mate. He is he is everything you want in a midfielder. He works hard and players of his ability. And this is the thing, like, and this isn't me trying to, you know, it's not a stick to beat Ronaldo with, but we've always excused Ronaldo, even in his uh, his first run with Manchester United, for not running back because he was so brilliant. Everything he gave United was because of his ability. In Kevin De Bruyne, you got the prototype of Brilliant ability. Not many players in world football has the ability he he has or the skill to do what he produces week after week. He's consistent and, most importantly, he works hard. He runs. He's defending. He's attacking. He's all over the pitch. And that's the difference between Manchester City. Did you see when uh, when Sancho scored? I know we obviously we, we scored when, uh, when Sancho had that opportunity there. See the amount of Manchester City players running back? Yeah. They work hard for each other, mate. They work hard for each other, and this club doesn't. I, look, there's so many comments in here, but I can't ignore Tom's mum. It would just be rude. So uh, let me bring it to Claire Simpson. As Tom's first coach used to say to him about goalkeepers, the ball had to go past 10 players before it reaches the goal. Claire, that might be the best comment I've read tonight. In terms of the way we play out of the back, though, it only has to go past one, one defender before it's in on goal. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You're not wrong. Man, this has been a really depressing episode. Been going for 45 minutes. All right. Well, before we continue, Tom, I've got to talk about Marcus Rashford. Um, Fabrizio Romano has tweeted out not too long ago that uh, Marcus Rashford is considering his future. 
He's concerned about his lack of game time and sources close to the forward tell him he's always been professional, but he wants clarity. What do you make of that news? Look, he'll need clarity. He's coming up contract negotiation time, so he's well within his right to know who the next manager is and he'll have a year left on his contract. Ultimately, I don't. Maybe I could see a Pochettino him working under a Pochettino. I can see that potentially working, and look, I'd love for that to happen. If it's Eric Ten Hag, you just can't see a system where um, Rashford's going to flourish under Ten Hag. It's just hold on, hold on. Why do you say that? He'll have to keep the ball. Uh, you don't think Rashford's capable of that? Unfortunately, I don't think, I, and that's not a criticism. I think the way he plays, the way he plays his best stuff is, is a risk-taking player. He's on the front foot trying to make things happen. I don't think um, that'll happen under Tenor. I can see in Pochettino, um, him having a license to do that in wide areas. But ultimately, in the Dutch style of football, the most important position in terms of the way they're brought up, the most important position to keep the ball is the left winger. That, that's that's the whole thing of total football, which Johan Cruyff introduced in terms of the, the one rule of total football is that your left midfielder can't lose the ball. And ultimately, that's a little bit tongue-in-cheek. Obviously, the game is a little bit more complex than that, but uh, I just don't think he's disciplined enough. And ultimately, we sit here and, look, I hate this because I obviously love Marcus Rashford. I want him to go on and be a Manchester United legend, but ultimately, he's not a young he's, he's a young player, but he's not that teenager who's burst onto the scene anymore. We're talking about form. Well, maybe it's not form. Maybe it's the play he's developed into. And I'm just uh, – because it's not form now. How, how long has it been? It's been a while now. So ultimately, I do hope he turns it around, but ultimately a new manager comes in. He's a valuable asset in regards to a transfer fee, maybe not with the contract um, sort of coming to an end. It's something both parties have to look at. Rashford has to look at it, and ultimately the club do have to look at it because I think if it is a Ten Hag or a manager like that, I just think that comes back to the club. But in terms of Ten Hag might not want the player, but if the club say, no, he's a valuable asset, let's keep him, well, then you're keeping a player, his next contract, Marcus Rashford, is going to be 400 grand a week. That's simply that that will be the case. And ultimately, if Ten Hag doesn't want him and Rashford's on 400 grand a week sitting on the bench, ultimately we're going to still be having the same problems. So it's a huge decision for both the player and the club. I'd love nothing more than Rashford to turn it around, but I think he does sort of need that clarity on who the new manager is. And ultimately the club do need the clarity as well before they make a decision. It's interesting what, what you're saying there. I think we saw under Louis Van Gaal that if you restrict players too much, if you don't take enough risk, then how exactly do you create chances? Um, I mean, from what I see of Ajax, they, they very much, it's almost lazy to say this, but it's probably the closest to Manchester City. They're not about your wingers exactly running. And I think that's what we've seen. Uh, I think Jack Grealish is a great example. Yeah, they're a bit different, but the way they play is similar. Marcus Rashford and Jack Grealish, they, they like to run at players. And I think that's why we've seen Jack Grealish struggle in the Manchester City system. Not even struggle. I don't think he struggled. Uh, but people said that. Oh, no, I've had this debate with you. I don't think he struggled. I think he's been good for them when he's played. He's been good, but he hasn't been 100 million good. He mm. hasn't been their absolute standout player this season. And he's been good within their system, but is he playing to his strengths? I would argue that maybe in the next two, three years, you'll see the best of Jack Grealish because what Pep Guardiola is doing with him is he's turning him into, into a more well-rounded footballer. When I think of Jack Grealish, I picture someone getting on the ball and running at people. Now when Jack Grealish gets on the ball in years to come, he's going to have three options. He can run at you. He can pass. He can shoot. He's going to be able to keep the ball better. His first touch is going to be better because of that philosophy that Pep Guardiola puts into his players. Um yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting one, Rashford. Can I make this point to you, Tom? 
we had this chat with Jay Muddy as well uh, and, and get your comments in on, on Marcus Rashford. But he was producing, he had 21 goals, then he had 20 goals. But even outside of the goals, his performances were poor, but his output was good. Is it a case of his luck has ran out or is this season purely just, it's a bad season, we give him another chance? Is Rashford showing his ability or is this purely bad form? It feels to me ability because I think even when he was on top form and sort of killing it, there was always maybe concerns about the quality and consistent sort of consistency in his game. So for me, it does feel like this is unfortunately his level. But I think in terms of what he's done and the the raw talent that he does have, I think we do have to afford him the opportunity to say, okay, this is a bad season. Let him get a good preseason under his belt and see what he has to offer. Uh, I think he deserves that chance. Ultimately, on some of his effort levels, I don't think he deserves a chance. But holistically, I think. Um, he does deserve that. He's going to have to take that when it comes. Um, and it, look, it might be the case almost like Jesse Lingard. We, and Jesse Lingard is okay, a little bit older. We talk about Jesse Lingard just for his own career. just needs a, a change. I, I hope not because I do want to see Marcus Rashford stay and be successful at United. But ultimately, Marcus Rashford might need a change. He's, he's lived a, world, a crazy life the last couple of years, a very unique life. And it's very easy for us to sit here and criticise, which we do, and we're going to do next week and we're going to do the week after. But ultimately, he has lived a life that none of us can imagine in a short space of time at such a young age. Maybe the future is away for Manchester. Just to change things up, maybe he does need to change. Maybe he doesn't, but um, it's a weird situation. But the club and player need to sort it out as soon as possible, in my opinion. We'll keep an eye on it. Let me ask you this question. If Marcus Rashford was leaving Manchester United in the summer... What club do you think he'd go to? In the that's, hypothetical world, Marcus Rashford's leaving. Where does he go? That's my thing about Ronaldo in terms of, okay, where's Ronaldo going to go? And I think PSG is the only option, but I can't see him at PSG. So that sort of stands maybe Ronaldo being staying. But going back to Marcus Rashford, that's a huge point. I simply don't know. I think the only one for me in terms of the situation they find themselves in is Barcelona. I, 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 don't, yeah. see, I don't see any other top clubs taking him. I agree. I could very much see him at Barcelona. And you know the craziest thing? I could see him at Barcelona and absolutely blitzing it. Oh, no. In Spain, in terms of the way they play, and if you're going to play for a good team in Spain, obviously those attacking talents are going to flourish or those attacking players. So um, it's one of those, look, I hate criticising Marcus Rush because I absolutely love the guy, but ultimately I do fear, which I've had these fears for two or three years, even when he was in good form, ultimately he will have reached his ceiling quite early. We do look at a different cap, sort of a different context and category, but you do look at what happened to Wayne Rooney. I always did fear this was going to happen with Marcus Rashford. Now, I'm not saying it's happening at the moment, but it kind of does feel like that's potentially down the track in two or three. looks a yard slower, doesn't he? Yeah. No, look, it, it's unfortunate. Again, look, let's hope he turns it around, but it is a huge decision um, for the club in a, in a couple of weeks' time or a couple of months' time. Absolutely. Uh, we'll just come back to some of the comments. It's been absolutely flying in here. So thanks for your patience, uh, gents. I'd say ladies. Uh, you know what? Cheers to all the gents and Tom's mum. Absolute. Claire, you're a gem. And uh, and to all the gentlemen in the comments. But uh, we'll we'll come and bring it back to your opinions and uh, we'll wrap up the show. Uh, got one Mata is the best value which we've had for a while. Signed in 2016. He was signed earlier than that. Uh, technically stopped. Hey? 2014. Yeah. Uh, technically stopped being selected in 2020. We only paid 40 million and for seven out of 10 rather than hotspot. Mate, Tom and I have been on here many times saying we would play the Spaniard much more than he's being utilized at the moment, but 
is what it is. Uh, Ugly Bear, uh, Rashford has carried this Manchester United team during the West period since Louis van Gaal. I think he deserves to hold the club to ransom. Not sure I agree with that, mate. Not sure I agree with that at all. Held the club up? Come on. It's ridiculous. With all due respect, like, you know, you always tune in and I respect everyone's opinion, but to say he's held the club up, I think that's a bit extreme. I think the extreme part was he deserves to hold the club to ransom. I just think. He already holds the club to ransom. He's on 200 pound a week. Do you remember? 200, Tom, 200 pound a week. I earn more than Marcus Rashford. The sort of players who used to earn 200 pound a week. Wayne Rooney was earning 200 pound a week when he scored 34 goals a season for Manchester United. And he was carrying Ronaldo and winning Champions Leagues and countless Premier Leagues back to back. That's what got you 200 pound. Now you can score 20 goals a season, stink out the place, and you get 200 bag a week. Sorry for my smirk. I can just see people typing away in the comments. You're always saying 200 pound. Obviously, Larry does mean 200,000 pound. But um, I do agree with your sentiments. Yeah, well, it's just it's a mouthful. I can't be bothered. <laughs> I can't be bothered saying 200,000. It's been a long day. Uh, if we lose Rashford, that means in two seasons we'll need a striker, a left winger, centre back, a centre, centre mids, um, left back, right back. Man, I think we need all those things now. Don't worry about Marcus Rashford leaving or not. <laughs> Uh, got Ahmed, uh, sorry, Ahmed in the comments. Uh, no player deserves to hold the club the ransom. That right there is your problem. You put the effort, regardless of your off field, it's your job and you owe the fans that 100%. 100% and Ahmed showing agreeance there. Uh, no, for this club to move forward, it can't be letting players hold it to ransom. Absolutely. But can I ask everyone in the comments and to you, Tom, I can see him getting a 400 pound a week. Yep, 400 pound. That's all he's getting. All right. Four hundred pound a week contract in the next he will. six months. He will. One hundred percent will, regardless of how bad he is. Look, this story coming out, we've talked about leaks, and a lot of people behind leaks. There's no hiding from the fact that a lot of things do come out from Marcus Rashford's camp. In terms that this is potentially just a negotiating tactic, and rightly so, you do have to. Agents are very smart in terms of the way they do this. You can very well see. I think he does sign at Manchester United. I think Manchester United will want to keep him. Um, as a commercial brand that, that he is. I think that'll be the sort of deciding factor in keeping him. But ultimately, in the contract situation that he finds himself in, he'll run the contract down and he'll sign. This is my opinion. Obviously, who knows what will happen. I think he'll run the contract down and sign as a free agent, almost in the Paul Pogba mold, but sign on it. I think that'll become a more sort of common trend among world footballers. I think it's a very smart thing to do in terms of the individual. And ultimately, he will sign a, a contract because obviously Ronaldo will leave by that time. Ultimately, I think he'll go as the club's highest paid player. Now, ultimately, does he deserve that? Of course not. But in terms of the decision makers at the club, that's what will happen. And you can bet your bottom dollar that will happen. <sighs> not not will happen. I think the, the club will offer that. Whether whether eventuates, I think the club will um, try to make that happen. Yeah, it's maybe a, it's a separate episode. But what I'd like to dissect with you, Tom, is Ralph Rennick's language has changed recently. A lot of the, you know, how's the hunt for the manager... What sort of players do you need in the summer? A lot of it is, I don't know. I'm here if the club want my advice, as opposed to the sporting director position we thought he was taking. His language has changed a lot, the Germans. So something definitely to look at. Uh, just two more comments and we will finish the show. Uh, Rooney had a big dip in form and played out of it, so be patient with him. Look, Adam, I don't agree with that. I take your point, but Rooney out of form and Rashford out of form, two different kettles of fish, mate. I agree. The, the patience. I, I do give him. I do give him next season to bounce. Yeah, back, absolutely. Uh, but and, if he's bad it. next season, United need to honestly consider moving him on. 
but ultimately, and look, I agree, but ultimately, if that's the case, then you're going to, if the decision is to let him go, well, you're going to lose him for free. So why, why not sell him now for 30 or 40 million? United have got the option. Oh, do that. Okay. 2023 with an option in United's okay. favor. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Emad, just never forget that Ronaldo had 25 shots and 98 were on target. Just, just a reminder for you there. Uh, and I think uh, we'll, uh, we'll oh, got one more comment here from Ugly Bear. Marcus Rashford is 13th in all-time United, Manchester United goal scorer record, and he's 24. Manchester United cannot afford to let Marcus Rashford go. 13th, mate, not top five. That list, Anthony Martial is probably 14th. That's the, that's the thing. In my mind, Rashford is still a young player. That started in 2016, those goals. And that, that's a great that's a great record to be 13th. Of course it is. But um, he's not a 22-year-old with um on that list now. He, he's an experienced professional. Uh, 25 soon. Yeah. So. Look, who knows? I'm sure we'll be having plenty of debates in the next couple of months. Um, he's, he's one player who will dominate the headlines um, on and off the pitch. And um, look, who knows what will happen? Who knows? Yeah. Well, I think that's a good place to leave it. How have I done, Tom? I've hosted today. Try to give you a bit of a backseat given the early morning wake-up. I don't know how much of a backseat. I've been on the edge of the chair sort of thing. It's, it's been a fiery episode. Obviously, a lot of difference of opinions in the live chat, but sort of all valid opinions and respectful. So it's an emotional time to be a Man United fan, I'll say, unfortunately. Um, it's always an emotional time, but we're at the wrong end of it at the moment. And... Unfortunately, as I said at the start of the podcast, there's no end in sight, in my opinion. I, I don't see how Pochettino or Ten Hag changes this. I don't see how a Declan Rice changes this. I don't see how a Kylian Mbappe changes this. Until things change upstairs, I do not see a change because the evidence we have, we have the evidence that says it won't. So what can you do? Here, be, here we are, though. I'll be setting the alarm 3.30 for the next kickoff. I assume that's when it is. It seems to always be. So, look, I never learn. What can you do? Yeah, you are a bit of an idiot, but that's okay. We love you anyway, mate. Uh, there's 21 of you uh, watching live right now, so make sure if you haven't liked the video, make sure you do. Uh, if you are new, make sure you do subscribe as well. Uh, and if you are still angry, I'm really sorry. I do my best. I can only recommend go have a drink. And if you don't drink, go get yourself a nice steak. Uh, and uh, if, if steak's not going to do it for you, pull your pants down, put it on something nice, and take care of yourself. Uh, but nonetheless, Tom, it's been a pleasure. To all those in the comments, thank you. Uh, and no matter what, we'll all love this club. We'll keep supporting this club. And uh, we'll be here when things turn around. Uh, so I'm going to leave it on that positive note, Tom. So stay tuned for 2050 when United finally win the league again. And uh, I hope you have a good night. And cheers for tuning in. Cheers, mate.